0: This is Karen with NewClevelandRadio.net, and it is time for the premiere on New Cleveland Radio for Love Letters Live with Janet Galen. And I know you're going to enjoy Janet. So go ahead, Janet. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, as soon as we're speaker view, huh? Um, I want to welcome everybody to Love Letters Live, and this episode. Oh, my guest is somebody remarkable, and I've we've been friends for what over fifty years now, Renee. We oui? yes, yeah. and uh, astounding. I was trying
1: to hide when you were saying these things about me. You what? I was trying to hide when you said remarkable. I said, oh boy, it's starting. Oh, that's that's just the little the little tip of the iceberg.
0: Um, what I want to say is to just all our listeners. Renee Levy is a um, research scientist, medical research scientist, uh, PhD in pharmacology. And your, your field, your specialty is epilepsy, as I recall, right?
1: That's correct.
0: Yes, okay. So let's just, let's just dive right in because we are going to talk about your book. And your book, Mending America's Political Divide. And you've taken on a huge task here at a point where the world is falling apart people, at a a time that you would think people would stand by each other and realize that we've got a shared destiny and we better just take care of each other or, 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 you'd think people would just stand up and do it. And yet the world seems to, the good is good for sure, but there's a segment that has devolved into the most awful tribalism and hatred between left and right And I remember as a girl, people had different viewpoints politically. There was Republican and Democrat. They often married each other. Differing points of view didn't prevent them from loving each other. And it it didn't do anything bad. What has happened?
1: What has happened is that we've been avoiding in our country a discussion about hatred, number one. And secondly, about political hatred okay we have laws about hate crimes hate speech but the nature of hatred we don't want to deal with and why is there such a will not to deal with it i
0: don't know know.
1: yes here's why is because for us hatred belongs with bigots with extremists, with supremacists, that's where it belongs. But us, 100 million Americans, 50 million Democrats, 50 million, you know, Republicans, us, never. People say, who? Me? Hate someone? Me? In my standing, my status? Look at me.
0: You know I'm I, I, want to you that I have friends who are really liberal Democrats. And such nice people and such good people, and if you press the wrong button, they are filled with hatred
1: but 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 to begin with, we don't accept it. in fact, in our society today, hating liberals or conservatives is the only allowed hatred left, but we don't want to address it and and just to give you a a, a taste for what it is, I I, I don't know if you're aware, I wrote a previous book.
0: I am aware. I'm glad you're mentioning it.
1: Okay. Which dealt with interpersonal hatred between people. The kind of hatred that makes families uh, not go to each other's weddings, or not speak to each other for 17 years or 28 years and things like that okay we're familiar with that things with in-laws etc that's interpersonal hatred okay and and, and it's well understood there's a mechanism etc and and that book was was well received the only problem with that book is as mentioned in the acknowledgments of the new book on America's political divide Someone who worked at Amazon, highly placed, and whose living is to evaluate books, told me that that, that book on baseless hatred had a very narrow focus. Why? Um, because it's so... Song-
0: well, basic hatred, you're also, that's also kind of under the rubric of what we call senseless hatred, right?
1: Yes. So okay. what happened is, is, of as far as I know, uh the Jewish tradition is the one who came up with this notion of hatred that has no basis. It has a name in Hebrew. It's well known. Uh, for example, Israelis know it very well. They talk about it all the time. And And what happened is before I wrote that first book, I was asked to give a lecture on it. And I thought there was a ton of literature because that hatred was highlighted in in the third third century of the common era, which was about one or two centuries after the Jews uh, were exiled from the land of Israel for the last time. Okay. And, 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 you know, they lost their independence. And their sages, the sages of the Jews, told them, you know, what happened is not that the Romans got to us or there were military. It's not that. It was senseless or baseless hatred. In other words, you did it yourself. So, so yeah, they, they said, you know, exactly. It's 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 divisiveness, and so I was asked to to explain that, and and so that's why that boat book was focused on explaining how they could have those two words together of of how could normal people hate without a reason. We all- Oh, I have, a question. I, have,
0: we have I have a question about that. I don't think people who hate think they're doing it without a reason. Exactly. I think people who hate think they have a good reason. Yes, that's the problem. And could you and could you like a little slide over to something just to kind of bring us up to there? There's a po- you. I think you refer to the politics of envy. Yes, in your book, can you talk about? We didn't used to have that so
1: much. What happened? It, exactly, in the American tradition. Uh, I came to the United States when I was about 23 years old to do my PhD at University of California in San Francisco. I remember so, that. <laughs> I was already an adult, that's where, that's when I met you,
0: right. um,
1: and, and at that time I, I was mesmerized by the United States and I, I truly spent a lot of time analyzing American society and comparing it to French society, to, to what, Europe. What, what mesmerized you? What grabbed you? Was, for example, that, that Americans operated by, they were optimistic, they had a can-do attitude, and they were not jealous one of the other, uh, which means there was the philosophy of planning. If so-and-so is an immigrant whose parents landed on the docks in New York and became CEO of a humongous corporation in New York, okay, if that's possible for them, that's possible for me. Okay,
0: so, so, I mean, that's such a good and hopeful point, and really the crux of what America was supposed to be, is supposed to be, that somehow, if you didn't have anything, there was, America, you you were allowed the same opportunity to get
1: something. Well, people
0: don't seem to see that we, opportunity now. You we were
1: allowed to believe it. Yes. Okay. Yes. and And people believed it. In large part, I mean, and when we say people, we say some segments of 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 the society. Right. At that time, at that time, American society was not pluri-ethnic. It 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 was they were you know. More than eighty two three percent of the population was white.
0: Really? Okay.
1: Okay, and 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 blacks, African Americans were at the time and still are about 13 percent of the population Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and and asians and hispanics were less than five percent in in 1960 okay uh that has changed drastically in the last 20 years why didn't that
0: change more smoothly
1: uh because the influx of the migration occurred in a short time, but I want to go back to what was happening at that time. So exactly. when we say that America was optimistic, can do, et cetera, we were forgetting to say that it was the more than eighty percent of the population that was white. as far as blacks were concerned it it was up to them after you know. The civil rights battles of of the sixties they were left to to fend for themselves, and as we see now, th- those types of social problems don't disappear. No, <laughs> they fester yeah okay, sooner or later right. okay? and 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 so so I, I just wanted to correct that that wh- when I say that America. I was mesmerized by America. I was mesmerized by, by white America. The when, part you when, saw. My, when my wife and I came from France, um, we were in San Francisco, we didn't have a car and, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and we used the bus all the time. Mm-hmm. And we sat at the back of the bus and we saw white people telling us to come in front. And we, we were wondering why. And and i uh, talking about nineteen sixty six. Exactly. Okay. So so all, all all I wanna say is is just make sure we were talking about white America. That's okay. All. Yes,
0: of course. Of course.
1: But because they were the overwhelming majority and 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 they controlled the narrative, when you're eighty five percent of the population, you control the narrative.
0: Okay, so something and, else is changed, Oh, go ahead.
1: Yeah. And, and you control 98% of resources. Okay. That was America in 1965. White people controlled more than 95% of resources. Okay. So, so African Americans had no voice. You know? Okay.
0: So, so now the, the observation and the question is social media and internet. Everybody has a voice now. Okay. You know for and and people use it for good, and they use it for not good
1: for sure, for sure, it, it is well established now that social media and cable TV have been the the most significant engines of political hatred.
0: Um, oh, a political the, hatred. I thought you were going to say, making things, oh, that
1: too, okay. Go ahead. No, I'm talking about political not interpersonal. You know, neighbors still had their fights today as they did before. Okay. Well, I, no, and I was
0: going to point out that, you know, the, the whole, the cell phone video of the murder of George Floyd. Yes. If, if there hadn't been that miracle, that would have yes. been swept under the carpet.
1: Yes, because, because we, we, the, now whites are, are, are perhaps 55% of the population in America. So but, it's really but, changed. But they control way more of, of the power and the resources. Okay. Uh-huh. And, 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 and so to convince them that we had to take a pause on, on what black men mostly and even women were feeling, it took that video. That's that right. That video punched into the 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 threshold of empathy that anybody can endure seeing a human being suffer. Right. Okay. It took care of that. Okay. And it brought then you know an issue that we had neglected for it's for, neglected for, for, for sure. decades. Okay, for decades it brought it to the forefront. Um, So, but, but. See, I, I don't think we even neglected it. I don't think that the
0: powers that be neglected it. I think they absolutely ignored it because it didn't serve them.
1: Uh, y- yes, y- 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 exactly. Yeah. But, right. but, but, you, you know, th- there's a principle that, that, that when you cause, when person A causes damage to person B, as the whites did to blacks, you know, for, you know, centuries of slavery, you cannot just you know, uh, tell them, oh, you're free. You know, okay. when you cause damage, you have to make the other person whole. Yes. We didn't do that in 1967, 1968.
0: No. Well, let, let me ask you something about, about you say that you, you, you talk in this wonderful book about uh, that, that science tells us that we can solve this political hatred. Would you just care to, I mean, you come back and do another one with me, but you know, unfortunately we're limited in time. Would you talk about the steps? Yes. Do we have time for this for you to do that? Okay. You say that we can can solve this problem.
1: Yes. And the
0: neuroscience tells us we can.
1: Yes. Yes, we can okay for that we have to understand the genesis of hatred okay how is hatred triggered why is hatred baseless unfortunately the way our brain functions can i show you something sure you see this diagram i do okay so the inner part of our brain is called our primitive brain okay the yellow part here is reptilian Mm -hmm. and then there's the limbic system okay this system and and is is the one that controls all our intuitions emotions okay the cortex is the one that is allows rational thinking mathematical thinking Mm -hmm. abstract thinking okay that we we all all know that Hatred is triggered when we have a perception and we have a perception of threat because this part of the brain, mm-hmm. its job is 24 okay, seven to allow us to survive. It protects us by surveilling the environment. It surveys the environment and as soon as it detects a threat it, 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 it short circuits the cortex it doesn't allow the cortex cortex functions too slowly okay it ponders so it, goes, et right
0: to, it goes right to hatred as you're saying
1: yes it, it goes right to this part of, of, of the brain and because for that system to allow us to survive it has to be efficient to be efficient it must have a low threshold so it's triggered by anything it's like an alarm that's triggered by the smallest noise.
0: Right, so there's and a difference oh, between, between having that triggered by seeing a saber-toothed tiger coming at you, that's very easy yes. to have, it, and by another human being who wants the same opportunities you do. I mean, yeah. that, that people see that as a threat.
1: Y- yes, y- y- yes, it's bizarre. People, people, no, 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 no. People see it, see it as, as a threat because hatred is also dependent on the narratives, on the stories that people tell us and that we tell ourselves. Okay, so you're saying, and I'm
0: gonna, I'm just gonna kind of sh- short circuit this a little bit because unfortunately we only have a certain amount of time, and um, people can go buy this book, and it's very easy to take in you know but um yes so you make the point that science tells us that we can do something to you know interfere with these neural instructions yes and and do something about getting rid of the hatred i have a question for you yeah and that is people who and your plan is wonderful and it's easy to follow and easy to do But people who are operating from hatred think they're right. Why would they sign up for your program?
1: Um, What do you do about
0: that part?
1: Okay. If they read the book, they realize that anybody who hates does themselves more damage than they can possibly do to the object of their hate.
0: Yes. And don't we all know that when we have a moment of really just anger, it's our stomachs that are burning and our heart that's
1: pounding. Because because you lost control. Okay. So when people read the book and realize that, in fact, we control the significance that we attribute to our political differences. Let me repeat we control the significance that we attribute to our political differences. Our political differences, there's no objective scale that tells us that that the two approaches of the two major parties, okay, when lead to the destruction of America. One half believes that if you let them operate, you cannot live in their world, they're gonna build. And the other believes exactly in a symmetrical way, same thing. Okay, that's a false belief. That's a choice. We choose to believe that.
0: So, how do you get people wrapped up in programs by which they can learn to do this? It seems to me maybe that's something
1: workable. Oh, oh absolutely, because it, 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 it's multi layer. The first thing is what's called, you know, the, the six-second pause, because what happens is when we have these perceptions, okay, we, we feel victimized. The worst part of hatred is that it destroys the most precious link we have between us as humans, which is empathy. Uh-huh. Empathy yes. is what allows us to distinguish between a human, a living things, and an object that's inanimate. Oh, that's such a good place to, yes. So when, when, when you use a piece of, 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 of Kleenex or tissue paper, and, and you're done using it, and you, and you fold it, crush it, and you throw it in the garbage can. Right. Do you think about the soul of that piece of paper? How it's oh. been mistreated? Thankfully, exactly. no. <laughs> okay. Okay. Why we don't? Because okay. we know it's inanimate. So we know from studies, unfortunately, from you know, uh, children, young people, etc., who are born with what's called zero empathy. You uh-huh. see that they deal with animals, etc., as they were inanimate objects. They uh-huh. can't pieces yeah. like the, you're cutting paper.
0: Okay you know this this is such a good place just to to pause yes and you'll come back right because there's right. more to talk about there's empathy and there's the lack of civility that has taken over large parts of our society and there is you know I, I i listened to president bush talk about black lives matter trying to destroy our what what democracy and our histories you know ruin our without realizing that no they're not trying to destroy it they just want to add a little more to
1: it But that's a perception of threat, exactly. Okay, the mind, the amygdala, it magnifies it. It says, you're destroying all our history. Right. Everything we've accomplished. Okay, so that is unlivable.
0: You've got a huge task in front of you. And I'm going to add one more thing to it, and we'll talk more. Um, I want to just again mention the book Mending America's Political Divide by Renee Levy. And uh, because I'm about love letters, and you know, I, I feel very strongly that every accomplishment, everything you accomplish, every experience, has the seeds of a love letter to someone in it. And that's, you know, getting right into empathy.: Yes, what you sure. express to other people. If you were to write a love letter right now, do you write letters? Uh, emails?: Okay, no, I, I mean, in your hand you know, handwriting is king. But anyway, who would, you, who would you write a letter to? I can think of about 12 people in your life, partly because I know a lot of them. But I can think of people to whom you would like to express gratitude for having gotten you, in part, to where you are today, which is huge.
1: Yes, no, that's for sure. But if I were to write one right now, yes. the first one I would write would be to all the healthcare workers uh-huh. Worked in February and March when we knew nothing about this virus. Yes. And they did not stay home. They no. were not scared and there put their life on the line. Okay.
0: So I, I have a question to ask yes. you because I, I feel, you know, that a real a real love letter, a real gratitude letter, you know, gratitude taken to the grave serves no one. And where would you mail it? Who would get this precious gift? delivered to their hands. Oh, I mean, you could pick a hospital. You could pick a. Yes, you exactly, pick you know,
1: yes, yes. Uh, it would be the University of Washington, where, where, where I am, and, and I know the physicians there, and, 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 and I know they, they really risk their lives. All of a sudden, there's a virus that comes and, and puts them in a situation of choosing their lives or the lives of others. You know, and that would choose, be- Risk their lives. Yeah.
0: Be such a lovely thing for them to have in their archives. Nobody throws these kind of letters away. You know, I hope they'll be, they'll, uh, my experience is no, you know, you go to company archives and all these letters are there, it be a wonderful thing. Okay, thank you so much for doing this with me. And I, I, I do hope, my, my fondest wish here is that somehow there could be, pr- starting with the police departments and starting with our uh, elected officials, to be brought into training groups that would teach them that what they feel as perceive as a threat is not one
1: if you, and,
0: there, and we have a shared destiny i think you use those very words don't you absolutely yes
1: we, okay. we can't. there's no way to secede there's no way to break america into two we're gonna have to live together
0: oh i'd like to see us do that a lot better <laughs> no, you would too thank you dear and thank you. um Comme toujours, gros bisous. Yeah.
1: Talk Thank, to you later. You. Thank you. Bye bye.
0: Bye. This is Janet Gallen saying goodbye for now. And I will see you for our next Love Letters Live. Thank you, Renee.
1: Thank you.